everybody, and welcome to Fifth Week, the comics podcast show where we talk about the latest storylines and events that came out this week in Marvel and DC Comics. I'm your host, my name is James, and with me again is my Catwoman to my Batman, my lovely girlfriend, Sienna. Hi, friends. So today we're going to go over the storylines that came out for the week of July 11th. We're going to go over The Flash number 50, Amazing Spider-Man number 1, Detective Comics 984, it's the second issue of the new run, uh, Superman number one, and then the Titans special and Titans number one, or 23, sorry, but it's the number one of the new run. Fabulous. Cool. Um, just a forewarning again, as usual, this is a spoilers cast. We are going to go over the storylines and the events that happen in the books. So if you haven't read the books yet and you don't want anything spoiled and you want to read them first, please go ahead, buy the books, read them first before you listen to this podcast. Or if you're just here to enjoy the storylines, then welcome. Welcome. We welcome everybody that wants to be here. Yeah, that was, that was sweet. <laughs> Thanks. I try to be. For the podcast? Because you're not normally sweet like this. That's rude, but okay. <laughs> also, this is going to be a DC heavy week. I think we only have one Marvel, or obviously we only have one Marvel book. Uh, next week we will do more Marvel. It's going to be a more Marvel heavy week next Aren't week. Aren't you excited? This I am is excited. like pretty much all DC for you. Yeah, and there was some really good books that came out today. A lot of stuff happened, and it's funny because some of the books were more pages and bigger than normal because like spider-man number one had like 46 pages normally they're 22 flash had 46 yeah flash i think had no no superman had 30 and then flash had 36 or something like that or a ton so what's the average amount of pages Uh, usually usually it's 22 okay um the flash one's special because it's the 50 number 50 it's the anniversary issue um spider-man and marvel in general actually just puts out really big books whenever there's a number one or like an annual or anything so they put out like double the amount wow and then superman's was big because it's the number one issue for the new book but normally it's 22 interesting yeah so usually it's a quick read but this one it might seem like there's a lot happening but it's because there was a lot of pages to go through well let's get started perfect we're gonna start off with the flash number 50 now Big question. Do you remember what was happening in The Flash? I know we went over a bunch of books in like two weeks ago, but I don't know if you remember what's going on with him. Yeah, you're going to have to give me a refresher on that one. Okay, so uh, Barry and Wally, remember, were had started The Flash War. This yes. is the finale of The Flash War, yes. so this is the last issue. Or I, I should say second to last. There's an epilogue coming. But this is the like big showdown with Zoom. Remember Zoom took control of the Sage Force and the Strength Force, and then they're fighting... Um, with his new powers, and he threw on the old Flash costume to look like them. Yes, now I remember. Okay, perfect. There might be some little stuff that I'll refresh you as we keep going, but that's the main gist of what happened in the last issues. All right, so it opens with Barry and Wally fighting Zoom in the middle of Central City, basically where we left off from last time, and everything is bonkers. Like, there's lightning in the sky. The sky is still, like, looks like it's getting split apart. Buildings are on fire. The ground is, like, crumbling underneath them. It's just, it's crazy. Yeah, it's really cool artwork. Yeah, like again, that. it's it's Beginning. Howard Porter, uh, again, is doing the artwork, um, and it's really amazing. And if you look, again, I love his facial expressions. All of his facial expressions are just so spot on. Yeah, it's amazing. It looks great. And Hi-Fi did the colors, again, and it's just a bright, like, everything catches your eye, right? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so he zooms in the middle there. He's fighting off both of them using the Sage Forth, the Strength Forth, and the Speed Force, just literally just running amok. He's monologuing how he'll never, or how they will never be the best heroes that they can be. And ha- and then he kind of makes this little like comparison and parallel of how him and Barry were built from the same like tragedy, that like his mother was murdered in front of him by like a clown, 
and then Barry's parents was obviously murdered in front of him by the reverse flash, but they both became greater heroes because of it. And mm. Wally never got that experience. So he supposedly isn't as good as a hero, which is kind of messed up. He wanted to show the flashes, what their true powers could be. Like you should be better than all of the justice league. Like you should be the masters of them, but like you've never been able to accomplish that. And now he's accomplished his main goal by showing them the true power, but also by breaking the flash, the flash family, which he, pretty much has at this point he also says that he broke the illusion between barry and wally that barry's not the perfect idol that wally always looked up to and at the same time wally's not like the perfect son for barry so kind of shatters that little illusion and which was it's kind of sad when you think about it because yeah. like i'm sure a lot of I'm sure parents could probably relate to it but even like your own idols like you never want to see them fall type of thing you know right. um while this is going on, we cut to Iris and Wallace and Citizen Cold. I don't know if you remember, but in the last issue, they were in the future in the 25th century and it got erased. Mm -hmm. Do you remember that? Right. Okay. Right now, they're trapped in like literally like nowhere. But since they're trapped in time, they call it no when. Mm -hmm. Get it? Get it? And Hilarious. So Great pun. Citizen Cold is like, dude, you need to run us out of here. Like you need to get us back home. And Wallace is worried because he doesn't have a lightning rod to get him home. And not a literal light, lightning rod. He means like a beacon that like he can go back to. Like whenever Barry was in trouble or like stuck in the speed force, he'd run back to Iris. Whenever Wally West was stuck in trouble, he would always run back to Linda. Like they have their person that they run back to. And Wallace was like, oh, perfect. I know exactly who to run to. And then literally grabbed both of them by the hands and starts running and just hauling, hauling butt trying to get out of there. So back to Barry and uh, Zoom and Wally. Since the force barriers are broken, they uh, Zoom starts speeding up crazy fast and enters what's called hypertime. Uh, hypertime is basically like the best way to describe it is the speed force on steroids. So they're basically running through like I'm not going to say the time stream, but they can kind of see different glimpses of like different pasts and futures all at once. And they can and it, the way Zoom describes it is that you can almost pick and choose from what you want to be real. So in the background, there's this really beautiful like scene where it shows them like running across a straight line and then like all these windows are popping up where they can see different realities that have happened. Yeah, it's crazy. It's it's a like this artwork is absolutely gorgeous. It's beautiful. Yeah. And uh, what they find out, though, is that it's dying. The hyper time and apparently the time stream that they're in is dying or wherever they're at in that hyper time that's just completely falling apart. Uh, they catch up to him. They catch up to Zoom, and Wally has one of those temporal seizures that he's been having from the energy, so it, like, hits him, but when it's released, it, like, hurts and sets Zoom back, and they're like, ooh, looks like that's some way that we can stop him, like, that actually did a lot of damage to him, we need to stop him, and Barry's like, I have an idea, you need to embrace all your memories. Wally was like, well, I, I, like, I don't want to forget them, like, I don't want to forget all these people, he's like, it's not forgetting them, it's remembering them, embracing the memories that you had living up to that legacy, remembering the legacy that you built, like, you're not leaving it all behind, you're really just taking it all in. While they're doing this, while they're running across in hypertime, there's a little faint voice that's almost whispering, and it's like, it's like in the background, just like, Wally, feel it, like, go Wally, a little further, you're almost there. And we have no idea who it is, but just remember that. There's someone, like, kind of cheering them on. someone in the background. Yeah, someone, like, yeah. cheering them on. So, I mean, for at least for now, we, it seems that way. There's, there's a nice scene while after this, while this is going on right after this, is that Barry is explaining why Wally West was always faster than him. He, that basically that 
Barry was too much of a scientist, too much of a kind of a kind of a nerd, basically, where he's thinking about the running that he's doing. That I gotta run in this form. I gotta make sure that I'm hitting this step in this stride to make sure make sure I'm like maximum speed and optimal running. While Wally just kind of cut loose and just let his body take over. And he it, was thinking too much, essentially. Exactly, and then and then Wally, which fits his personality so well, is that Wally just cuts loose and just doesn't think about it, just does it, mm-hmm. and goes through. He's like, "You're holding back subconsciously. Like you need to just let loose and stop him." So, really nice scene. Wally just races up, catches up with him again, and what's really nice is he starts to like fully encompass his memories that he had. Zoom goes to attack him, and. He's completely vibrating at a frequency where he can't touch him. And he's like, I learned this from my daughter where I can step and stay like basically intangible while you're while I'm running. And then he's like, and also too, like I learned from my son that being stubborn is okay as long as you put it in the right direction. And he like whips around Zoom and they collide and has this huge wave of temporal energy. And like basically like almost it looks like there's like all this energy like coming out of Zoom and it, he just disappears. What? But what's really cool is when he does this like huge like wave that comes out, all the waves of energy look like other speedsters. Yeah. So like Barry's there, Wally's there, Wallace, Max Mercury, Bart, like a bunch of people were there. So kind of winding down now, Zoom is gone. Barry stops running and ends up back in Central City, like literally a few, a few seconds after they left. So like all of this entire fight happened within like 10 seconds. Isn't that crazy? Which like, is to wild, think about? right? It's weird. It's one of those things where like you can like you you know and you think that like it's happened, but you can't comprehend like, wait, that's really fast for them to do all of this yeah. at once. And um, like if it was to really happen in real life, oh, how yeah. crazy. How how insane that would be like, right. like, oh, didn't you just leave? At the same time that Barry shows up, just in time, Wallace, Iris, and Citizen Cold show up, and Wallace is pissed. He's mad again that Barry ran off without kind of consulting him. He didn't take him with him. He just kind of left him behind just to deal with whatever while he ran off. Um, which I feel like they're going to, which is going to keep coming up later or like kind of be a theme with them mm-hmm. going forward, which it has been before, but they haven't really done anything to correct it. So I think it's going to be like a slow, like building up trust with him. I, I really hope they don't turn him into like something bad, but like you can tell there's, there's obviously they're not on point. Right. Uh, so while Wallace runs off after just expressing that he's mad, Citizen Cold uh, is checking like all his monitors and is explaining that the speed force is detached from the space-time continuum, which I know sounds just wonker, like <laughs> bonkers. But basically, in short, the speedsters can't time travel anymore. Is it because they broke it? Yes, that's oh. exactly why. And I think, I th- oh, so two things. One, I think this is like a nice little like lasting effect that's happening from the fight that like going forward you can't just correct everything but at the same time i think it's another way for dc to kind of put a handcuffs on like hey we're not doing anymore like you can go back in time and fix this and fix that like it's too easy for them to do that like you're stuck you know um so uh iris is like yo where's wally like i know you're back and you say everything's okay but where he's at and he's like citizen cold's like oh i see he's here in oregon and barry takes off to go meets up with him uh, he runs up there. He's talking to him about how we, they need to stop running with things. Wally's still like going at a hundred, like his head is still just going off. He's like, "No, I need to keep going. Like I need to do this." And Wally tells Barry. Barry makes him stop. Wally talks to Barry about how that he always looked up to him. You're the idol that I always had. Like, regardless of what anyone said, you always kept me grounded and kept my head focused. Like whenever I needed, to, whenever I was panicking, whenever I was in trouble, I always thought of what you taught me. But at the same time, he says, I've always learned everything from you, but I'm not going to make the same mistakes. 
you stopped running like after Flashpoint because you were scared and for five years you didn't do anything. Like you just sat there and just kind of idled your thumbs. You said, I'm not going to do that. I always have to keep running, which is a nice like, I like that they're distancing like how the two of them operate differently Mm -hmm. because for a long time you could kind of see parallels like too similar where it was like, "Eh, this is kind of both of them at play. Um, And he hints that he's going to take off and go after Zoom and he's going to go after anyone else who was infected by the, the rebirth and all the temporal stuff. So like, I hope that means he's either getting his own book or some sort of spinoff, which they've announced that there's going to be a new flash. Oh, so then y- so there you go. I'm hoping it's centered around him, like going up and like corralling these people. I'm crossing my fingers <laughs> really hard, but we'll see. Um, that's still kind of the last we see of Wally, but Barry has a nice little monologue and is like, you know, like there's been a lot of stuff that's been going on. There's a lot of lasting effects. I've I talked to the justice league about the different forces that are at play now. And I've got a little more understanding um, I've, I've been kind of like a really bad mentor to Wally and Wallace and I haven't been there for Iris all the times, but I know that as long as I can keep running and as long as I have these people supporting me and have my back that I will always have hope. And it ends with that into our epilogue cut to the best part where I literally just smiled and kind of laughed with joy seeing him. Uh, in the middle of Central City, there's a huge blur and just wave of energy flying through the city. And there's a big wahoo running through because Bart Allen is back. I know that means nothing to you. It doesn't, but I'm excited but, just like you are. Yes, Bart Forgot Allen this. is Barry Allen's grandson from the future. He was the voice that was cheering Wally on. Interesting. Yeah. So since all the force barriers were broken, he was able to escape wherever he was at. We don't know where he was. We assume the speed force or something, but he was able to get out. Bart Allen is, of course, since he's a part of the Flash family, I love him automatically, but he was, he holds a a really special place in my heart because he was uh, kind of developed in the Teen Titans, Jeff John storyline and Young Justice. And he was, there was just silly the entire time. And I love it. Just a side, just a side story that I want to tell you about him. He he was. They call him Impulse. Is his like code name, like Kid Flash. Flash. Mm-hmm. His name is Impulse, and he always he literally. So like Wally runs and does everything at a hundred percent. Impulse does things without thinking. He just runs. He does things. It doesn't think twice Hence about what's going name. on. Hence his name. Um, the thing with Impulse is that since he's doing everything at a hundred, he's really cocky. Like he kind of just whatever. I'll figure out everything Got later. It. Act first, think later. Yeah. Barry and this guy, Max Mercury, are always on him like, dude, you need to like, or I'm sorry, Wally and Max Murray, Mercury were always on him like, dude, you need to focus on school. You need to focus on being a kid. But he always speed reads everything. And normally with the flashes, when they speed read something, they forget it like two seconds later. He has a photographic memory. So everything oh. he reads, he remember, remembers. Long story short, he's, in a, he's with the Teen Titans. Like when they first got set up in Jeff Johns' run, they go to fight, they run into Deathstroke. And he's all cocky running in there like, you can't stop me. I'm a speedster. Deathstroke shatters his leg. Like his knee just like. Oh my God. Yeah, it gets wrecked. And it like just completely blows his confidence. They rush him to the hospital. And like, since he's a speedster, they can't give him anesthesia because his body's burning through it so quickly. But at the same time, his body's healing himself really quickly. So all they can do is set his knee back into place and hope that he heals himself. So like. After completely shattering his knee, like, 50 minutes later, he's fine, like, in his doctor's bed. And he has, like, crutches because he's still, like, getting fixed. 
he breaks out of the hospital, runs to the library after having like an inner monologue about how like, I can't be so cocky. Like, I can't believe that happened to me. I embarrassed myself. Like, no one's going to take me seriously. And he runs off to the library and he reads every single book in the library. Every single one. But you remember, he has a photographic yeah. memory. So the Teen Titans find out that he's doing this because people think there's a ghost in the library because he's grabbing books and stacking <laughs> them like after he's read them and so there's just funny. piles of books building up. Yeah. And he's just reading, reading, reading all of them. And after that, he becomes like so, not serious, but like so focused on missions now. And he's like a walking encyclopedia. So like they fight Deathstroke again and he's telling like Deathstroke everything he knows about like the city that they're fighting in, the crimes that he's breaking. He like... <sighs> pinpoints like oh this is the gun you're using in the bullets i can see why because this this and this and this and takes apart the gun and tells him each specific part like as he's fighting and he's just like throwing out facts constantly while he's fighting but it's just it's a really funny like kind of just silly transition for him that's funny but i really love him i'm i don't know what they're going to do with him i assume he's going to be a part of the flash book the main flash one maybe the side one as well but it's really cool that he's back because he's been gone for a long time that's that's cool. Yeah. That's good. We're not cool done. See. Almost done. Oh, okay. <laughs> Second epilogue. That, that wasn't really an epilogue. That was just a reveal. The main epilogue, we cut back to the 25th century. Uh-huh. It's been restored after the after Zoom gets destroyed and the the time continuum was apparently fixed or was was recorrected after whatever Zoom was doing. Um, you remember the Renegades? No. Citizen Cold was the leader of the Renegades and we left all the other ones there. They're the police force from the 25th century. I, mm-hmm. I see you nodding, so yep. we're just going to go I'm with it. I'm just going to say I remember Perfect. totally. They're, they're apparently the prison that Zoom built only holds one prisoner. But it was like max level, like high security. Like they need to make sure this guy stays locked up. They run into this room and they completely like evaporate. Like they all just like die. And we find out there's like this huge like prison cell like do you remember logan where he busts out or oh no you didn't see x-men the last one just kidding there's like a big box that he just like gets ripped out of and on the side of it it says inmate crisis and he's loose and the only thing he says is that the flashes are going to pay for what they did and he's coming for them my dramatic pause (laughs) I was like, wow, he's pausing. What is he going to (laughs) say? I was really curious to know. Oh, my God. (laughs) Anyways, we have no idea who this is. But now he's loose and he's coming for the flashes. And he did say specifically flashes, not just one. Dun, dun, dun. That is the dun, dun, dun. But that's where that issue ends. That's technically the finale of the Flash War, but I believe uh, issue 51 is going to be like an epilogue. And it's drawn by the guy, not by the same guy, Howard Porter. It's drawn by Scott Collins, who drew the prelude. So a nice, like, full circle for the book. Cool. So how did you like The Flash? That was, like, one story. How did you like it? Um, it's just a lot of flashes for me. Yeah, there's a ton. Yeah. yeah. Hard to keep up with there's all of them. There's been four that you've been introduced. Three of them, like, shotgun, like, at once. Yeah, just a lot. Mm-hmm. And they're a all lot re- of flashes for one character. They're all a related. a lot to keep up with. I mean, I know you like Flash, and he's near and dear to your heart but it's a lot for me wait till we go over the robins if we ever go over all the robins yeah i don't know there's four that are act not actively being robin that have but have been mainstream robins and that's not even including like the girl that has been robin and then the other random robins like it's just insane so yeah there's a lot that usually take up one character but I'm glad you liked it. I really love the book. I can't obviously. I can't wait to see where it's gonna go. Josh Williamson is still writing it, so he hasn't done 
it's been an amazing run, so I really love it. Can't wait. Um, next is, I believe, a book that you're going to like, hopefully. Is it Spider-Man? It is Spider-Man. Yay, I like Spider-Man. He's one of my favorites, in case anyone cares. <laughs> so, so far for your favorites, I think we have it confirmed that it's Spider-Man, Deadpool, Wonder Woman, and Catwoman. Yes. yes? I would say that's why. I'm missing anyone else? No. Okay. I would say those are... The those top, are, right? You're, t- you're spot on. Okay, perfect. We'll have to get a fifth in there so you can have a top five. <laughs> I'll stick with top four for now. Okay, okay. Um, so this one's a new book. There was a guy, Dan Slott, that was writing. He's been writing it for like a decade. And this is the first wow. issue that he hasn't written one. So this one's written by Nick Spencer. Um, artwork is by Ryan Otley. So this one, the story is really well named. It's called Back to Basics. Uh, a lot of stuff has happened with Peter Parker. And we're not going to get into everything because it's been a ton. I'll just we'll just go along with what needs to be explained as they give it to us. Again, we're going as if you just went into the comic book store, wanted to see what Spider Man was up to, and picked up Spider Man number one. Can I make two sidebar comments before I get too far? Of ahead? course. One, the cover's really cool. Yeah, I don't I know like who did the cover. The color in that, and two, it was six dollars. It was six dollars. <laughs> yeah, Marvel has this thing where they make really expensive number one issues. Um, yeah, and spe- any special book, they're going to cash their money in. I think that's more, I don't even know if it's Marvel's fault. I won't put the blame on them. I would be more inclined to think that it's Disney. Me not be not buying comic books. Yeah, I it's was a lot. like, <gasps> but I yeah. bet there's some stuff that I spend money on that you're like, oh mm-hmm. yeah, that's a lot. <laughs> yeah. Luckily, number one issues and stuff don't come out that much. Unfortunately, since they did a new like refresh, there's been a lot of number ones lately, so the prices have been kind of like that. How funny. Yeah, those jerks. I think I have a, I don't know where Tony Stark number one is, but I have it lying around somewhere, and I think that one was about five, six bucks, too. <laughs> End of my sidebars. Just yeah. had to say that. But you know, it's 48 pages, so. Well, at least you're getting your money's worth. <laughs> yeah. So we open up with Peter. Uh, he's been awoken at 5 a.m. to his a-hole roommate, Fred Myers who apparently is also a supervillain super named Boomerang. Uh, he's playing Call of Duty with like surround sound on, you know, just being a typical jerk. He ate all the cereal. There's nothing left in the house because of him. He's just a, you know, all around good jerk. Um, is he new? I have no idea who this oh, guy okay. is. This is literally the first time I've heard of Fred Myers. It okay. could be a somewhat lasting character, but I have no idea. Okay. Um, the good roommate, Randy Robertson, who's Peter Parker's friend, who is also his boss's kid, so Spider-Man's boss is yeah. who he's living with, um, reminds him that, like, hey, like, uh, you're a reporter. You work for the Daily Bugle. You have a press conference, don't you, at Empire State University, which is where he goes to school, or used to go to school, I should say. Um, he's like, don't you have a meeting there? And he's like, oh, geez, yeah, it's Tuesday, huh? And he's like, yeah, you better get down to that. So it's like, sorry, I've, I've had a lot on my mind. And we cut to him and the Avengers and, like, like a smorgasbord of other Marvel heroes that are fighting with them in the streets of New York, fighting this weird alien invasion. The weird thing is though, that nobody likes him. Like nobody likes Spider-Man. Yeah. Oh, and it's kind of weird. Um, just the way that it's brought up and like how everyone like quickly turned against him. Kingpin. Do you know Kingpin? I know. Yeah. I heard of the name. Okay. He's a really big, like he's basically a mob boss just kind of always delves his hand in anything evil or illegal going on in New York. He's got a hand in it. He's the new mayor right now in New York, which is going across all the books. Um, He has declared a war against all superheroes except Spider-Man. And his right-hand man is like, why are you doing this? Like, why wouldn't you just 
go to get ward against spider-man as well like he sets up like this elaborate plan to get like spider-man to like try to stop a bank heist but really it's like him and a bunch of or kingpin and a bunch of reporters waiting to give him the key to the city and like all the other superheroes are looking at him like negatively because like oh why do you have oh, the support of the mayor yeah because everyone else has been shunned type of thing but the but kingpin explains is like no 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 this is a long play what i'm doing is is i'm affecting spider-man to all of his peers if there's one thing spider-man needs it's the approval of others so i'm going to take that away from him and tear him down differently than the other heroes the only thing that I don't like, though, is, like, pretty recently, like, Peter Parker was really rich. He had his own company that, like, rivaled, like, Tony Stark's company. And he was helping to fund the Avengers when Tony Stark was gone. Oh, that's fancy. Yeah, it was a whole, it was, a, again, part of the Dan Slott storyline. But they recently got rid of all that. But it's weird to me that the Avengers just turned on him so quickly. You know? Like, he's yeah. never been one that was, like, really hated by him. But. Yeah, because Spider-Man's always been loved. I feel yeah, like. Yeah. And what's weird too is like in this book, he really has his quote unquote Peter Parker luck where like if anything's gonna go bad, it's gonna happen. Like it's a real common theme with this book. Um so we find out like after that that uh Peter Parker is an editor with the da Daily Bugle. Did I say Daily Planet earlier? Daily Bugle. Daily Planet <laughs> Superman. Daily Bugle. And he's got like this sweet office and this like nice massaging chair. And we cut to the press conference where he recognizes the speaker at the front as someone that he used to go to school with. He's like, oh, I bet she remembers me. Or I wonder if he, she remembers me like um, while she's while she's talking. And they, he finds out that they've developed this software that can detect any fraudulent or like plagiarism assignments. So like you run it through this test and it tells you if there's any plagiarized like wording or articles or any fraudulent stuff. But the big like kicker to it, because there's already like software that exists like that now is that it, it can detect if it's from, like, people in other dimensions, if they, like, went back in time and took an essay, like, if there was any superhero play Ooh, involved. Because, you know, what it's, it's the, like to be in the comic world. Right? And I was like, oh, that's pretty, that's really interesting, because, like, <laughs> that is a problem that I feel like you could possibly run into as a school. Um, so, since Peter Parker is an alumni at, or from Empire State University, and, of course, she remembers him, she calls on Peter because she knows that he works there, and she's like, let's pull up one of your papers just for fun, just to show everyone that it works. And of course, we find out that his paper was 100% fraudulent. Dun, dun, dun. Um, he has a good explanation, though. Um, not any one that anyone's going to believe. Let me try to summarize this. Long story short, in Superior Spider-Man, an old, uh, older book, you know Doc Ock, right? Uh, yeah, From the of movie, you remember him? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. His, his subconscious gets put into Peter's body. Uh, okay so he was masquerading running around as spider-man made him do like all these ridiculous things but he was continuing to live his life and as like a kick to the gut to spider-man he got his master's degree um for peter just to prove that he could do it quicker than he could <laughs> just to be a jerk so when Otto doc ock wrote that wrote this paper for peter it was actually peter writing it but it was really doc ock so and they could and they detected that? They detected that it was fraudulent because Doc Ock wrote it rather than Peter. Of course, like, what, Peter's right? luck. And, like, of course it would be like, oh, your thing is now under review. It's, well, okay, so it's funny you say that. So he gets fired from his job immediately. Oh the boss, my gosh. The boss is obviously his roommate's dad, right? He believes him. He's like, but, dude, look, like, we're a newspaper. Like, we're already under enough pressure and stress it is. We don't need bad publicity. Like, I have to let you go. I'm sorry. So then it cuts to him talking to MJ. He's like, I really need a shoulder to cry on. And she's laughing at him. 
because she's, she's like, dude, your situation is so weird and so messed up. Like, <laughs> like what we were all thinking. Yeah. Like I, I, this could literally only happen to you. Like, are you in a comic book? Because this literally is the only place that it would happen. And she's like, how are you going to break it to Aunt May? And he's like, oh, I didn't think about that. So then he runs home. He tries to like collect the newspaper before Aunt May. He like turns off the new, the TV channel. He's like closing her like internet and everything just to make sure she can't get it. And of course, because she's good old Aunt May, she has alerts on his phone, on her phone, whenever someone mentions Peter Parker doing Aww. anything. I know. So she found out immediately that Peter Parker had this stuff. And there's this really nice monologue about how like, She's understood all the troubles and things that he's gone through and that there's been a lot of hardships, but he's always persevered through it. But she's disappointed in the fact that she had hoped that Uncle Ben and her had raised a better kid than someone that would lie and cheat like this. It was a really, it was a really sad, yeah, and she kind of like walks off. So Spider-Man goes out and he's thinking about how he hates letting people down and letting others get hurt. Just kind of the whole, you know, Spider-Man deal. And he he goes into this thinking of, or not thinking, but into this monologue of just that truly inaction to do something good is worse than doing something bad. Because he knew Doc Ock had did this and he knew that he got his degree because of Doc Ock. He never went back and fixed it. So he felt bad that like, I never like, I should have gone back and gone back to school. Like I shouldn't have just taken the degree and just, okay, now I have a master's oh, degree. I was thinking like, you, like Spider-Man could go back in time. No, 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 no. Like he was just thinking that like, he should have gone back to school. Right, like he, right, should have, right. he should have done the right thing. And then he, of course they parallel it to uncle Ben when he should have saved him, but he didn't because right. he was too focused on something else. Um, what he, and then when he's thinking of that, he's kind of thinking of just how it's a pattern for like stuff like this that happens. And he realizes that the holes that are dropping the aliens down, there's a pattern. And it leads him up. He jumps straight into one of the holes. And it leads him into this like weird spaceship hovering over uh, New York. And I don't know. Do you know who Mysterio is? I, I've seen it uh-huh. him it him yeah, it's a him <laughs> him i've seen him before but i never like really okay. knew like he's he's actually going to be in the, the next spider-man movie oh, okay i think it's jake gyllenhaal i i want to say that's him don't quote me i'm pretty sure it's him though interesting um he's a basically like, like a master of illusion everything mm-hmm. that he'll put like visions into your head where you see things or he'll come up with these elaborate like elaborate like theatrical type like plans which like this was a huge like ploy Leads him right into him, stops him like immediately, and he's just like, oh, man, I tried to go big and just try to hit a home run out of the park, but obviously it didn't work. Um, so stops him, wraps him up for the Avengers, takes off. Um, and then his good luck keeps going. He goes to talk to MJ and he confesses that, like, look, like, I always need you by my side. I would have never been able to get through any of this or anything in the past without you being there. Um, even though we weren't always together or like all the rough stuff we've been through, like you were always my go-to and she like cuts him off and then just kisses him right away, which is really big because they haven't been together in comics for like the past recent while. Oh, so it was a good moment. Yeah, it was, it was good. It was a good moment for him. The winds keep coming. Um, to jump right now, cause I'm going to go over the epilogue part, uh, to jump to the second epilogue, Peter's academic successes are all revoked. So he loses his graduate schooling and everything. Um, But he's able to go back to school because there was a professor that's working at the school now that was really adamant on him getting a second chance. 
So the the girl that was speaking at the press conference is like handing him books and it's like, it's time for your class. You got to do it now. Just don't argue with me. And throws him into class. And who else would it be his teacher besides the lizard? Do you the remember lizard? the lizard? No. Okay. We'll have to show you the Andrew Garfield movie because that's where he comes out in. But he used oh, to be. See, I never saw those movies. Yeah. He used to be Peter's um, science teacher. Mm, I think okay. in high school first. And then I guess now college, but he's like a huge, like giant lizard that, yeah. Tried to, I think he had can't, no, yeah. Did he have cancer? He had something that he tried to cure. And then either cancer, I know in the movie, he like was missing an arm, but I think it was cancer that he had before. And he tried to cure it with like lizard blood and like lizard genes and DNA. And it turned him into a giant lizard. Well, that's so a new teacher. But I think it's because he knows that Doc Ock used to be in his body. And that's why he's giving him a second chance. Second epilogue. This part's weird. Like, truly weird. <laughs> There's two epilogues? Uh, dude, this, is the, this is why you pay $6 for a book. You get two epilogues. <laughs> okay. Right, obviously. Okay. It's so weird, but it, okay. This was a long... This, I will admit, this was kind of a long read. Just saying. It was really good, but it was a long read. Um, we cut to Mysterio in trial. So he's, like, literally in court, like, this is what you did. And he's trying to represent himself, and he's, like, monologuing, and everyone's like, dude, just, you need a lawyer. Like, sit down. <laughs> Um, one of the Sinister Six, this isn't going to mean anything to you, is his lawyer and claims that he's insane. Like, dude, you're going in bonkers. Like, sit down, shh, be quiet. Uh, in the middle of her, like, opening, or what is it called? The, like, the opening line, her opening. Her opening argument? Like, statement. Yeah, yeah. She, like, starts vomiting bugs. Ew, and, like, what? Yeah, and, like, maggots and stuff just start flying out of her mouth. And then the judge is like, oh, someone get a paramedic. And then, like, as he's hitting the hammer down, like, rats explode out of him. Okay. okay weird and then like the courthouse just starts crumbling and then like all this muck and like dirt and stuff starts coming out of the ground more rats are like flooding in bugs are coming in like a lot of just death and like dark things are like coming in and they're like starting to surround mysterio so obviously something's going on um we find out it's the end of the world oh well no not yet <laughs> not yet anyways uh, a new villain reveals himself we have no idea who he is. He kind of looks, he's wearing like these like tatted up clothes. He talks about how like he might be controlling death or something along those lines that like death is coming for Mysterio. We find out that Mysterio is working for him and he's the one that gave him the big plan or not the plan, but the funding and resources to have that big spaceship that was above New York city. And he's like, you wasted it. Like you need to get, and he's like, no, no, no. I made Spider-Man vulnerable. Like, trust me, our plans working. And he's like, well, just remember like, if you don't follow through with this, like I will come back for you and I won't even hesitate to stop you then. And then like he cuts back to like Mysterio being like in the, in the, uh, being interrogated by the, or being talked to by the lawyer, getting questioned. That's what I was trying to think of getting questioned by the lawyer. And he's just like yelling because like he thinks this is what he's going through, but that nothing, none of it's happening, but it helps him like with his case because he's going insane, quote unquote. But then that's where we leave the book. Oh yeah. So two dun dun duns. Dun dun dun. So yeah, nice little introduction. The only thing I didn't like great six dollar issue. Love yeah, it. yeah. I like I said, it it was kind of a long read because it was like fifty pages. Yeah. Um, but also with that, I I didn't like the turn of events for like Spider Man now is in a bad place. They just did it really quickly. Mm -hmm. Um, I just didn't like the the all the Avengers really turning on them so quickly. I felt like that could have been built up more, but it was kind of like oh. Guess what? We don't like you anymore. Get out of here. So we'll see where they go with it. I, 
I'm sure Nick Spencer's going to do a really good job, and he's gonna, probably going to build it up to a bunch of other stories. But so far, it's been good, or it was a good issue. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So now, because we got to do Batman pretty much every week, says DC Comics, uh, is Detective Comics 984. Gotta love DC. Oh, love them to death. So this is issue, this is technically the second issue of the new run, but it's Detective Comics 984. Um, you remember what was happening with that one? So this is different from the Catwoman one, right? Yes. Okay, so no, I don't. Okay, so, yeah, so technically, well, Catwoman's her own book, so she's going to have her own one. There's the Batman number 50. Well, okay, that's the one I was yeah, talking about. that's the this wedding one. This is a different story, though. Yes. See, and that's the only thing that really trips me up about comics, because they have, like, all these different stories going on. Okay, I'll, I'll tr- let me try to simplify it. Uh, Batman and Superman have their own titled books. L- literally, like you said, Batman and Superman. Mm-hmm. Okay? Detective Comics is where Batman first got his start. That's kind of like a Batman, not like a secondary Batman book. In the past, they would kind of do different spins, like sometimes it would be more nitty-gritty, sometimes it'd be darker, sometimes it would focus on different characters. For now, the, what they've done in the recent past is it's a team book. Okay? So that's okay. why it's a new Batman team. Superman has action comics on the flip side of detective comics. So they technically have two each. Got it. Right. Action comics, I think, we'll do in two weeks is when it comes out. Not sure. But we'll do that one for sure. Crash. Crash course. Yeah, simple crash course, or real, real narrow down crash course. Um, so what was happening last time, it was that guy named Karma. Do you remember him? He was wearing the weird helmet, and then he was like telling Batman how all of his sidekicks are making him weaker, and he started targeting each one. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and then he, he got Black Lightning, the teacher, remember, that shoots electricity from Metropolis? Was I there? You totally were there. Oh. I okay. don't remember that. All right, so we'll, we'll, we'll try to feed it along then. Uh, I think it was a different me. No, no, it was maybe a <laughs> sleepy you, but it was 100% you. So we cut back to a flashback of Karma, the bad guy, buying the helmet off some, like, Russian lady. We find out that this helmet that he has allows him to read minds and a bunch of other crazy stuff because apparently she mentions that he could probably use it to take down Superman. Crazy. Um... So the comic opens up, opens up to him fighting Cassandra Kane, who's like a really amazing fighter. Remember the girl that doesn't talk much? Mm-hmm. Okay. And basically, he's throwing her off by telling her like what she's thinking like at that moment. Obviously, reading her mind, like saying like you're like you're scared, you're nervous about what's coming, like you're afraid of yourself of hurting other people. At this, while this is going on, Batman's picking up um, Black Lightning from his private from Bruce Wayne's private plane, I should say, because he doesn't know he's Batman. Um, and he expa- he explains that, like, look, I have this team. This is what to expect from them, uh, like, or what I expect from you. Like, I'm going to give you these teams who can really hurt themselves if they're left unattended type. Not unattended, but if they're left without guidance, they need a leader to show them, like, their true potential. Um, they get He gets a call immediately about Cassandra getting a- attacked, pulls up the Batmobile, tells Black Lightning, get in, get dressed. We're heading downtown. Cut back to Cassandra. Karma, is, Karma surprisingly, is, like, keeping up with her in a fight, which is insane because Cassandra Kane is a ridiculous yeah, fighter. Yeah. So he's, like, really keeping up with her and, like, dislocates her shoulder. Um, as he goes, for, he, like, offers her to join. He's, he's like, look, I'm going to give you a chance real quick. Like, join me and we can take out Batman together. She, of course, refuses. 
at that moment, he's the uh, karma starts to go for like a killing blow. Black lightning electrocutes him and sends him flying like a couple feet back. Not good though, because apparently karma can now harness the electricity that black lightning shot at him, probably due to his helmet. I'm assuming, unless he has some other powers we don't know about. And he's like, he throws like this grenade, like this like stun grenade that lets off this sound to like throw him off. And he's stalling because he's, I think he's reading his minds and you can see a silhouette of Batman flying in and he just turns around and shocks Batman. Oh. Yeah, with the black lightning lightning. Um, that's a cool page too. Like that's Yeah, the lightning cool flying around. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Poor Batman. And, uh, <laughs> it hurts your heart a little bit, huh? He, yeah, he reveals he knows more about Batman. He's like, He's like, I don't get you. Like, out of the entire night that you're going to remember, you're going to remember the pearls falling the most, like, after your mom got shot in the head. Like, that's what you're going to remember. And Ooh, then, like, takes off. Kind of rude. Yeah, okay. he, like, disappears through a manhole and then just takes off. Batman is, like, limping towards Black Lightning, and he's like, Batman, do you need help? And he's like, yes, call Alfred, and then, like, passes out. And Black Lightning's like, who the hell's Alfred? Who, who do I call? Because he doesn't know he's Bruce Wayne. So, of course, we cut to the next morning. Alfred's preparing Black Lightning breakfast, and he's sitting there shocked, trying to piece together how Bruce Wayne's Batman. So, of course, now he knows. He goes in the room because uh, Bruce wants to talk to him. Uh, he starts talking to him. His big issue, though, is that he can't condone that these kids are in this war against crime, which is a really big issue that's come up with Batman a lot, about why are there these kids that you're enlisting to fight with you? Like, Robin's, like, 10. Like, what are you doing? You're putting these kids in danger. Like, you're not giving them a better life. Batman has generally explained it as these kids have made their choice from the beginning before I even knew them. Right. All I'm trying to do is keep them safe and at least make them the best that they can be. If this is the direction they want in life, I can't stop them, but I can help them to get better. I mean, you can argue both sides. Can't really say either one's a great argument, but that's usually his explanation. So he kind of breaks down each character that's going to be showing up in the team and explain what each of them needs. He's like Duke Thomas is signal right now. He's not going to want another father figure, so don't try to be that for him. He respects me too much to like go against me and say this is a stupid plan, but be prepared because he'll probably snap at you. Cassandra Kane doesn't say much. She's one of the best fighters and probably has the craziest potential ever. But she holds all of her emotions on the inside and has a ton of it. So when she speaks, you need to listen. Cut to Barbara Gordon, who we didn't know she was going to be on the team, I don't think, until now, who's Batgirl. Uh, he's like, she will always challenge you mentally and physically to be better challenge her back that's how you'll get the most out of her and he's like okay perfect like i can do that and he says but i can't just come in and just start leading these kids they're not going to believe me like what do you want me to tell them and this is where the dun 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 moment he says tell them that i'm sorry but they're making me weaker and then he's like staring out the window and that's how it ends dun dun dun, 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 dun. crazy Wow, that was a quick story compared to Batman. Again, I mean, again, Spider-Man, Spider-Man and Flash had so much that went on to it. So we, and of course, there was other stories about Flash that I wanted to tell. So those ones were a lot longer. That was easy, right? That was that's painless. how. That's how it. That's how that's most how of them should be. be. Yeah, a nice quick pace where we can just get through everything and, you know, brisk where we're walking through it. But yeah, sometimes there's a lot to talk about. So how do you like that one so far? Too many people. If still? I could remember the last. Yeah. comic or like the last episode what do you call it issue sorry issue. if i could remember the last issue what's hard okay. too is we're we're obviously picking a lot of jumping on points for these books so you're getting introduced to like 20 characters at a time yeah it's hard so because we're reading like spider-man number one where all these new characters are introduced detective comics number one and two where we're getting introduced the avengers where there's like 30 people so 
it'll take time, but once you hear them more and once you get, you, it's, I know it's a lot to keep up. It can be overwhelming, but it's always good to take it just in little pieces. And don't get me wrong. When I read these new books, sometimes I have to look back at the old one or refresh my memory of like, oh yeah, that happened. That's right. what's going on. Um, but nice brisk little pace here. That was the first half of books. The next stories we're going to go over is Superman number one and then Titan special and then Titans number one. And then that'll be it for the week. So uh, we'll be right back after this short break. Superman number one. So this is the first book of Brian Michael Bendis's uh, first issue for Superman. He used to be solely with Marvel and only used to write Marvel books, but then he made the switch over to DC. Oh, that's kind of weird. Does that happen very often? No, but it's been happening a lot lately. Oh, really? Yeah. Like Marvel to DC or DC Marvel to Marvel? Marvel to DC specifically. A lot of people will double dip and do both, um, but... That's kind now of there's been a lot of switching from like people who only wrote for Marvel and that are now doing DC. That's kind of weird. Yeah, usually you'll see like them both writing with somebody, like with or you'll see them writing for both of them, and then they'll choose like Marvel or DC. But we've I think two big artists, like two or three, have now switched from Marvel to DC. Um, kind of weird. Yeah. So just a brief warning: before this book, there was a six issue like mini event for Superman called the Man of Steel, which kind of set up everything for this book. Got it. Luckily, you don't have to go through six issues of week reading and all of everything that went on. They give us a short little brief summary at the very beginning of the book. I'm just going to read it word for word. And aren't I lucky? You are super lucky. So don't worry if this doesn't make any sense. They're going to, it basically gives you a short synopsis of the last six weeks. Recently, the mysterious cosmic warmonger Rogel Zar was revealed to be behind the destruction of Krypton. After a brutal battle that destroyed the city of Kandor and the Fortress of Solitude, Supergirl banished Rogel to the Phantom Zone. Meanwhile, Clark's estranged father, Jor-El, came back to Earth to offer his young grandson, John, to help him find his way as a man. Lois agrees to chaperone her son, but during the battle with Rogel, the only communication device that Superman had to keep in touch with his family was destroyed. Dun-dun-dun. Okay? Dun-dun-dun. So, that's basically what happened in the last six weeks. Cool. Sorry to brush by it. It was a good story, but that's the synopsis. Cool. Perfect. Um, Sets us up perfectly. Oh, it literally does. So, Superman, literally right after everything has just happened, uh, is on a mission right now to find his family somewhere in space because he's a dad, he's a good old Superman, and he's worried. Uh, While he's, like, heading out into space, he's, like, doing this straight line, just trying to pick up any signal that they've been there. And he runs into this alien attack by the Devastators. Or no, Devastator Destroyers. Don't remember. They're aliens. And he just basically just wrecks them. Just, this is a sign, so blah, 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 just wrecks them. And then he heads back home because he's like, you know what? There's a there's Earth that it needs protecting. I'm going to go back there and just check on things before I keep searching. Just a day in the life of Superman. Day in the life of Superman is going to fly halfway across the galaxy and back. Um, so he, he's back at home. And he's kind of going through his like usual routines, like his morning routine where he's eating breakfast, his, he's sitting there drinking his coffee and stuff. But all he can think about is how much he misses his family. 
and like we get little glimpses of like him talking to John in the morning or like him in bed with Lois before he gets up and there's all these sweet moments and of course he's not there or it, it cuts to like reality and he's just like really sad after that he wakes up starts his day or he gets out starts his day and we cut to him with some of the Justice League members Wonder Woman Flash Green Lantern are there and they're kind of mourning where the Fortress of Solitude was because unlike Batman it wasn't just a cave where he did his business he kind of kept everything from krypton that he had there there was like a mini zoo and stuff there was a lab where he did tests and things and just like relics and stuff from his heritage and it's all gone from the fight um so what he does to make a new one is he grabs a kryptonian crystal from what was left over like the rubble he goes to the bermuda triangle drops it into the middle of the bermuda triangle the crystal and it forms like this ridiculously huge new fortress of solitude that looks like a crazy like sharp very pointy glacier yeah it's kind of kind of crazy yeah it just pops out like magic right doesn't even do anything just comes out um we cut to clark who's working in the daily planet doing his thing trying to follow up on leads um about these fires that have been going on and then martian manhunter wants to talk to him gives him a signal telepathically and he like hops out to go talk to him with him like floating in like the middle of the air there's a really nice like conversation that they have where he talk where John is talking to him about how he feels like they're more connected now after they found out that both of them are the last of their kind and that both of them were like they're both left alone like in the world as their only race because of like somebody else like because of a war because someone destroyed it type of thing. So he feels like they're just a little more connected than they were before. And what's really funny is like while he's having this serious conversation with Martian Manhunter, he's like, oh, no, no, wait, wait, give me one second. And like flies off and then like punches this dinosaur monster in the face and like knocks it out, flies back to Martian Manhunter and is like, OK, keep going. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. <laughs> and then like cuts him off again and is like, oh, excuse me, give me one second. Flies off. There's a burning building, takes it out, saves all the kids, flies back a couple seconds later. Oh, wait, give me a second. One more thing. Flies off. And I don't know what is going on in this one, but there's a space shuttle. And then there's like these two like tentacle or not tentacles, but like pipes for air. And there's a gorilla that's connected to one of them and he throws them into the moon. And I have no idea what's going on with that. But then he apparently stops the gorilla <laughs> from whatever he was doing and then flies back down to Martian Manhunter. Martian Manhunter wants to have a serious conversation, though, besides that and says, hey, I just want you to think about this or I want to present you with an idea. That's what he says. And he tells him that, you know, like. Let's just get this off our chest. We both know that the way that Earth is run right now is just, it's bad. It's really bad. Like, it could be so much better. Like, we've both seen other planets. We both visit other planets. And we know that we're really primitive and, like, really closed off from what we should be. And he tells them that since, like, you're Superman, you have really deep ties, like, both with people on Earth and both, like, in the galaxy. Like, your, your signal means so much everywhere that you can help lead and usher in like a new way of living for Earth that could make it kind of a galactic community. The way that John phrases it kind of rubs Superman the wrong way. He kind of slips up and says like, you can take over and like kind of show like the ropes of what they can do. And this Superman's like, no, no, no. Like, that's not really what I want to do. I'm not trying to take over anybody. Like, I'm just trying to help people and let them be better on their own. Like, they can't expect someone to solve their problems for them. That's always been Superman's thing. Like, you have to fight for what you want. And he just kind of takes off because he was kind of frustrated. Like, just whatever, John, we'll talk later. Uh -oh. I'll, I'll see you at the Justice League meetings on Tuesday. See you. Bye. Okay. That's not good. Yeah, kind of upsetting him. While he's taking off, he's flying through Metropolis, just doing his Superman thing, making sure everything's okay. Uh, the city starts turning blue, like a really weird, like, shade of blue. 
And he's like, what in the world? And he's like, no, 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 no. And then like flies into space. And we find out that the earth, the entire earth is somehow in the phantom zone. Dun, dun, dun. And I don't know if you remember from the intro thing, Rogul Zar, who's the one that destroyed Krypton, is also trapped in the phantom zone. Dun, dun, dun. And it wouldn't be a comic if the bad guy didn't return. Right? Right. Yeah, of course not. And he's a new villain, so of course they got to bring him back <laughs> immediately. But that's Superman. Cool. Fortunately, this is, unfortunately, this is a monthly book, so we won't find out what happens until August. Oh. I know. Might forget the story, so you have to remind me. I, well, that's, that's what this whole podcast is for. <laughs> You're in the right place. Um, so, up next now is Titans. Now, this isn't Teen Titans. I was going to say, is there There two? is Teen Titans. There is two. So there's Titans right now and Teen Titans. Teen Titans is the younger fellas. Titans is the older ones. Basically the best way to put it. So Titans released a special issue just to, re- just to introduce what the team was and what the new book was going to be. And then Titans 23 came out this week. So uh, it's written by Dan Abnett, and the artist is Brandon Peterson, who I believe also wrote for Marvel. He was a big artist for, I wrote, he was an artist for X-Men, I believe, primarily. What's, sorry, really quick. Is, was this a big book? No. These two were... Uh, the, I think the special was kind of big, but not oh, much happened. Got it. Uh, the Titans 23, the next one was like a regular just book. The The other one was a big book, but truly not much happened. It was setting the groundwork. Does that bother you? That it was big, but nothing much happened? Yeah. No. Oh, okay. Because it's kind of mandatory. You kind of expect it. Got it. Like, it's one of those where, like, you're either going to, you're going to, you're either going to waste the, the first issue of the new arc explaining everything or you can release a special and say like hey if you want to know and you don't know who the characters are read this interesting so i like it because it gives you a sense beforehand you don't even have to buy it they'll still basically explain what you the really really ground level what you need to know in the next book so of course i bought it um but (laughs) the uh uh you'll you'll know Regardless, because they'll always give t- like tidbits and stuff that's what's happened. Since this is a monthly book too, not everyone's gonna remember what they read a month ago. You know? Yeah, I'm still trying to learn the the realms of the comic world. Like the like like if it's a normal that they do that type yeah, of thing. Yeah, I just oh. want to like know what's normal, what's not, what's cool, what's not. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I feel you. This this is kind of it's obligatory. They had to do it kind of thing where it's Got like it. since it's a new book, we're gonna have to release something special about it. To each their own, if you like it or not. Um, but that's kind of how the little specials like the like this is. It's just an introductory. Cool. Yeah. So just to go over it kind of quickly, because again, not much happened. Uh, we open with Nightwing explaining his new plan to the Trinity. The Trinity is Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman. Um, he's explaining this new idea for a new team that is going to go after metahumans that were created by the breaking of the Source Wall. So you remember how the source wall broke? Um, remind me. In Justice League, how they're fighting, like the how the source wall is like all the barrier and stuff was broken. So like all these new energies and things are at play. Oh yes. Remember? Yes. So because of that, new superheroes are getting created and they don't know why. But like a lot of these people are freaked out and like have all these new powers and they don't right. know what to do with them. Nightwing comes up with this plan. It's like, hey, we need to get a team together that can respond to these people and help them out. The Justice League or the Trinity 
they like the idea and they opt for them to work or he opts, they opt for the team to work alongside the justice league. So they're going to be like a kind of a special unit under league, the just under the justice league. And they're going to work out of the new headquarters, the hall of justice. What they really want though is transparency. They really like that Dick Grayson Nightwing came to them uh, before like putting in this team together and just kind of running amok. They even give them a list of people that they were considering to be a part of this team. And it's like a who's who of like DC, like Booster Gold was on there, Animal Man. I'm trying to remember, Killer Croc was even on there, I think. Uh, there's, there's anyone you can think of, there's a lot of people on this list. But he says, no, 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 don't worry about that. Like, I don't need your permission. I was just telling you what I was going to do. This is the list of people that I had in mind. Then we cut to how nicely set up intros to all the characters. So just going to give you a real brief. Do you know who Dick Grayson is, though, first off? I've heard. Okay. Dick Grayson was the first Robin, like the oh, OG, OG okay. Robin. Yeah, yeah. Then he, I do know. he later matures, becomes Nightwing. Yes. Nightwing is, the best way I can explain him to you, is the DC version of Spider-Man in the way that people look at him. Got it. So, like, people give him a lot of respect. He's still kind of young. He was the first sidekick to ever take over the mantle for the for his mentor. Which means So he he was Batman. Oh, I didn't know that. There was a time in a period where Batman died. Big quote unquote <laughs> died. He was sent back in time, but that's a whole wonky story. Dick Grayson takes over. Oh. Dick Grayson earned the respect of all his peers, of Superman and everybody, because he handled being Batman so well. It was a different kind of Batman, but he still was Batman. Interesting. Yeah. Um, Wally West did it as well. He was kind of a big forefront from that too. They both kind of carry the same weight in guards of respect. Um, another fun fact about Dick Grayson, he's also known as the pretty boy of the Bat family. <laughs> Everyone regards him as the sexiest Bat member, <laughs> which has really been focused on in some of his books. <laughs> yeah. Just thought I'd throw that cool. out there. Thanks for the fun so fact. We, could, we get an introduction to the rest of the team. Do you know Raven? Um, yes. Okay, from Teen Titans. She's an empath, so she can feel other people's feelings, take them away, give them emotions type of thing, but she's going to feel them as well. Dick wants her on the team to be able to help calm the people down and, like, kind of get to know what they're feeling, you know? Uh, you know Beast Boy? I think, yes. Also from Teen Titans? Green, yes. Yes, green. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, he's an animal shapeshifter who, right now, because of the um, the energy that's been released... He can't control his powers. Do you know Donna Troy? No. Okay. I don't. Donna Troy is basically mini Wonder Woman, but with really dark hair. Well, no, I guess Wonder Woman has dark hair, but mini Wonder Woman. She has been through a lot lately. I mean, she's drinking tequila at, at 10, 10 in the, the morning. morning yeah, she I has see. been through a lot. She finds, so just to give a short, she finds out that she isn't a real person. She was made from clay as a weapon by the Amazons in case Wonder Woman ever got out of line that she'd be the one to stop her. Oh, so she's like second best. Who? Donna Troy? Yeah. No, Donna Troy was made to kill Wonder Woman. Oh. Yeah. But she's like, she's what not, I meant she's, is like she's, she's living wise. in Wonder Woman's Wonder Shadow. Shadow. Yeah, kind of. Okay. Kind of. That's not, what I was getting at. Not really, but kind of. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, but Wonder Woman knew this and lied to her about it the entire time. Um, they even gave her fake memories of like, parents and being raised as an amazon Yikes. and yeah it was really bad they also find out in the old titans or in the previous comic books before this or issues in titans that apparently 
she turns into in the future or in one possible future she becomes like this really evil person named Troya who kills the entire titans in justice league so she's she has a lot going on and that's why she's drinking tequila at 10 in the morning oh you but, know i respect that but picture for this run picture wonder woman with more rage cool okay she still wants to help people but she's really mad um I, this one you're not gonna know i'm just gonna introduce her her name's steel uh there's a guy named john irons John Henry Irons. He used to be a superhero that was covered in steel. Sometimes his steel was part of his body. Sometimes he was an engineer who made it. Um, but he wears a Superman symbol because that's who inspired him. This is his nephew. Or, sorry, niece. It's a girl. I was going to say. Yeah, sorry. I totally butchered that. Her name is Natasha Irons. She's really, really smart. Knows her way around technology. She built this chrome exoskeleton um, that kind of like reacts as like it needs to, as she tells it. She also has a hammer that kind of has like Thor properties where like she can call to it. No one else can pick it up unless it has like her DNA. So picture, I don't know, Thor, Superman and Iron Man all in one, I guess is a good way to put her <laughs> except in a, in a real badass. like, it's not really a PC way to say that, but she's cool. The Dick chooses her because she's been monitoring the activity from coming from this energy. So they're using her as like a trace. We also get introduced to Miss Martian. This is where the drama comes in. Miss Martian, you remember Martian Manhunter? Yep. Okay, this is his, I think, also niece. However, Dick didn't choose her. Dick did not want her on the team. She oh. gets chosen as a chaperone, or as Dick and them refer to as the babysitter, because Martian Manhunter and the Justice League sent her to be a part of the team. Not good. While they're getting introduced, and when I say introduced, I mean Dick arguing with her about, you shouldn't be here. Um, there's an, uh, an alert of emergent activity is what they're calling the energy that's being released. Emergence, just to say it again, they go to take off epilogue because there's always an epilogue and to foreshadow new things. There's a villain who's a teen Titans villain named brother blood who runs a cult and basically wants to live forever through the sacrifice of other people. Um, is talking about how he can now start his apocalypse because the force barriers and the source wall is down. And that's the end of the special. Well, yeah. So again, like, like I know it took us a little bit to explain, but just because there was more backstories, but that's really all that happened in that book. They just so introduced. They, yeah, like they introduced. Yeah, they the just kind of gave you a groundwork well, for this is the to. team. This is the point of the team. This is who's on it. Go forth. All right. So this will lead us right into Titans number 23, which is like the, even the other one was like a prelude. This is the first issue of the new book. So we open up right where we left off with the special. The Titans are charging into downtown New York via this boom room what we're going to call it that steel has that basically teleported them there. Um, they're connected like right. The way they're talking is through a telepathic like link that they have due to miss Martian. They left miss Martian back in the hall of justice. Cause Dick was like, look, you're not part of the team. Just make sure everyone's okay. And they're like, all right, whatever. Um, and there's, they, they hint at it right away that there's this huge, like kind of disconnect of like what she, she's like, Martian Manhunter told me to be on the team. I should be on the team. And Dick's like, no, I don't even want you on the team. Like, if you were gone, that'd be perfect. Um, so we cut to Donna Troy and Beast Boy, and they're like driving through this alley, and they're attacked by these like huge mutant rat creatures, like really, really big. And they're before getting in for any information about them or anything, Donna Troy like brutally like like just eviscerates them, like just slashes them all apart, like kills like I don't know how many, but she's like standing over this like of all these dead ones and like is smiling like happily like yeah i got him don't worry after that raven locates some people that are like taking shelter 
where they find the kid that was responsible. Apparently, like, this kid, like, electrocuted and shocked, like, the store clerk. And then that's what started everything. Like, the whole, like, energy wave or what, influx of energy that's going that's on. Weird. The emergent energy, whatever's, like, happening is, right. like, it was started with that. So, like, Steel tries to talk to him and then, like, he zaps her and then, like, sends her off flying, like, a couple feet back. Then Beast Boy's like, wait, wait, let me talk to him. Let me talk to him. And, like, goes up to him and is like, hey, dude, like, I've... I've been in the same position as you. Like, I can't control my powers. Like, everything's going to be okay. Like, just come with us. We can help you. And he gets a little help from Raven because Raven kind of, like, eases the mind of the kid and then, like, helps connect uh, Beast Boy and the kid um, through with her powers. And then we find out uh, Martian Manhunter, or Martian Manhunter, Miss Martian, pulls up, like, a little TV feed of the security cam of what happened. We find out that he electrocuted the clerk, like, straight in the face like point blank Yikes. electrocutes him but for some reason the guy survived oh. and they're like he shouldn't he shouldn't survive this like something's off something's weird so they go to talk to him and apparently he's like this huge monster thing that get like comes out of this store clerk's body and apparently he was also affected by the emergent energy so they're like oh god we gotta attack this guy now so like they go to attack him and like all of their powers and attacks aren't doing anything. Like they're just bouncing off this guy. He's just deflecting him. And then the kid that had the powers before just like shocks him like crazy and legitimately blows his head off. Like just straight off. They are starting to think that maybe that the only reason or the only thing that can hurt this guy was other emergent like energy and powers. So they're putting a connection of like, it's weird that our powers didn't do anything, but that did something. Dick and Martin. Um, so welcome to the Titans. I'm just kidding. <laughs> basically, yeah. No, no, no. I actually, well, I don't think so. It would be interesting, though. I don't know. Hmm. I just came up with a whole new story. Yeah, line. a whole new storyline that now it is. Yeah, yeah. So now <laughs> Static Shock 2.0. Dick and Miss Martian get into it because. Miss Martian makes this comment that like, okay, good. The guy is down. The event is contained. We did our job. And Dick is like, no, no, no. Someone died. Like, this isn't a win for us. Like, we just watched this kid like brutally murder this guy like right in front of our eyes. There's, this is not how we do things. This is not how the Titans do things. We do not kill. Going forward, we will not let this happen. He's like, did you let him kill him on purpose as like a science experiment? Like, just to see what happened? And Miss Martian was like, no, it was just a happen, like it just was a fortunate outcome. And he's like, yeah, sure, whatever. And then like breaks the mind link that they have. Like just pissed. Which, I mean, understandably. Yeah, so that's kind of the end of the issue. A mini, mini epilogue, kind of. It's a little sneak peek of what's coming next These week. Epilogues. epilogues, man. Yeah, every single time. Not every single time. Uh, generally, it's at the very beginning of the books or at the very end of a run. They'll do an epilogue, which is kind of what we're hitting with both, with all the books today. <laughs> Um, we cut to Miss Martian talking to Martian Manhunter. And Martian Manhunter's like, just you need to focus on completing your mission. Like, you need to make sure you get the job done and like just try your best not to get close to these people. And he's talking about the Titans. Mm -hmm. It's like you we obviously put you here for a reason. Don't get too close to them, but keep your secrets tight. We do not need them knowing anything, which is really shady. Super, super shady. Yeah. Then we get a glimpse of Raven and Steel fighting. Don't know who yet. 
And then there's like this monster, like this, it looks like a bat almost, or like some sort of like creature, obviously probably from the emergent energies. That's like one Titan down and who's next? <gasps> dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. And that's the end of that issue. Again, a really quick one. Those two were just yeah, really quick. quick. Unfortunately, that one's a monthly too. So we're going to have to wait a while to see what happens next. Oh, I'm a little iffy on the book. The Titans haven't had a too good of a run like recently. Neither Titans books, the Teen Titans or this one. So I'm hoping it gets better. Or not better, but I'm hoping there's... Just more chemistry with right. all of them. Uh, I like Donna Troy, Raven, Beast Boy, and Nightwing. Not sure how I feel about Miss Martian. She yeah, she's sketchy. Yeah, the thing I don't, don't like know about is her. they made her a lot less fun than what she used to be. She used to be a real lighthearted kind of almost ditzy is a word. Oh, like, so now she's like really serious. Yeah, but like, she's really cold. Like she doesn't mm. care. Like this kid died like right in front of him. And she was like, okay, cool, we're done. And I was like, that's not normally how you guys are. Right. So I don't know what's, I don't know what player angle they're going with, um, but it's, it, it'll be interesting. But I really like Dick Grayson. I've always liked the Teen Titans books. Um, so I'm hoping they can finally get a good run together and something good. I know Dab Dan Abnett's been writing them, I believe the Titans for a while. So hopefully he can pull something together that's pretty solid. But um, that was pretty much this week's books. I know it was a lot shorter than last time, about the same pace, which I kind of like. It's quick enough where we can get everything in, but not quick enough where we're losing people, or hopefully not losing people uh, with what's going on. Uh, let me give you a little sneak peek of what's coming up. Next week, we are going to go over Justice League number four, Batman 51, Avengers number five, Thor number three, and then a new one, Iron Man number one and two. But that's what we'll get to expect next week. Um, Again, go out and get your comic books if you haven't already. Make sure you read them before this if you don't want anything spoiled. Um, and then I'll see you guys next week, hopefully. And uh, thanks again for listening to the podcast. Bye. Have a great week. Yeah.